You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. And you could open to the book of Job because that's what we're studying today. That's what we're studying, have been studying all month. The delightful book of Job. So let's read this passage. It's Job chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 20. This is right after Job experiences all his suffering and loses his family, at least loses all ten of his children, gets a horrible disease. Um, he says this, and this is a passage I actually read last week, but I thought it was so profound, still very appropriate for this lesson today that, that I'll read it. It says, at this, which means at, at this, at, at all his suffering, Job got up and tore his, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground in worship. And I think that's pretty amazing that he worships God in the midst of, of horrible suffering. And this is what he says. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for this book, this this testimony of, of someone suffering and having a worshipful attitude towards you. God, may we have the same attitude in our suffering that our faith would increase at the, in times and moments of suffering. And God, by studying this book, would you allow us to have insight into the mystery of why bad things happen to good people and and why you allow these things to happen on this earth. And even though you are all good and all powerful, God, why why these bad things happen? God, give us insight into this question and and into the answer. But God, we do trust you. We do praise you with all of our heart. We do, um, even though we don't understand, we trust you. We praise you, Jesus. And everybody screamed. Amen. Um, I put up this sentence. I think it's a kind of a, a very true sentence that everything is so simple in the world of make believe, right? How many girls wanted to be a princess when they were little? Yeah, you have to. You're just like it's part of what you do. You watch movies and you read stories about these princesses, and in the movies or in the books or whatever, <coughs> you're a princess, and a princess will find a. Prince, the Dis- from this group, the Disney Prince Club, that's all the princes, and uh, they go through some sort of conflict in the story, uh, like they're a mermaid, and, and they, they can't be a human, but then they become a human, that's cool or something, and then a uh, princess uh, dates some kind of street trash, and then, and then he gets wishes, and stuff. it's some sort of conflict, but in the end, they all live happily ever after of course that's that's the story that's the the world of make-believe and i was um I, every thursday i take uh, new testament greek i get to take greek for free because i'm an alum of fuller seminary and so i'm taking greek because it's awesome and it's cool and so I'm, I'm taking greek every thursday and i get to be with really cool people that are also theologians and um people that uh, are working on their masters people that are ministers and so every thursday i take greek and then in the middle of this break we have a dinner break which is like 20 minutes and we all get to sit around and talk and eat our soup and stuff and so we're sitting around talking and one of the guys is a minister uh i think at first presbyterian downtown and he's working on his master's he's just a brilliant guy really knows the bible obviously and uh is studying to be uh, a, a, an official pastor there and he has two girls and we were taught somehow we were talking about disney and princesses and how much his two daughters want to be uh, one of the, I think, Cinderella or something. And he was just talking about how 
He's like, I'm setting my girls up for failure because that's the world of make-believe. That's what they think the world is all about, that in the end, everybody lives happily ever after. And of course, that's pretend and fairy tale and um, make-believe. But, but he was just really like ranting about how he wants to show his girls movies where they all die in the end or something. Because that's what happens in real life. He was like, why can't they make uh, a Cinderella movie where, say, Cinderella goes on a date and uh, the guy is handsome and rich and she has the time of her life at this awesome date, but then the next day, she's got to go back to work. Like, that's the real life. And he said, it wouldn't it be sweet if that's how Cinderella ended. She went back to work. And instead of happily ever after, it would say, and so it goes. <laughs> <laughs> or he said, what about like Beauty and the Beast? Like this, the girl Bella meets this beast and he's really mean and he, they, they kind of fall in love. And then in the end, like he's turned into like a beautiful, handsome man. But it's like, that's not real life. In real life, people get older and more wrinkles and fat and bald. <laughs> Picture of Homer Simpson over the beast. That's what, that's what real life is. And the story would end. And so it goes. Um, and, and that's kind of real life. And I think sometimes in our Christian circles, even we can get uh, enthralled with make believe or just fairy tale or just like so optimistic that, oh, if you're a Christian, you're following Christ, then your whole life has to be perfect and it's going to be perfect. And, and you could read scriptures where, where things work out and people are healed and, and riches come to people that serve God. And that there's stories in the Bible like that. And that's, that's all awesome and great. And then you come to the book of Job. And that's the book we're studying all this month. This is a painting by William Blake, and it's Satan is pouring out what appears to be oatmeal, but it's, it's, it's uh, figuratively suffering. Uh, Satan is pouring out suffering onto Job. And that's, that's what the book of Job is about. Job undergoing this horrible suffering, and, and his friends come to him and tell him, here's why you're suffering. They give him the wrong answers, and there's this long conversation, 42 chapters of, of the book of Job is, is going back and forth mainly. And, and then in the end, God speaks and doesn't really give an answer. And that's kind of that's like more like realistic. Job is not a fairy tale. Job's ending is kind of more like, and so it goes. It's not happily ever after. Job gets new kids, but, and he gets some of his money back, well, a lot more of his money back, actually. But you know, he still went through that suffering, and he still lost his children. They, they, he didn't get those back. They died. And, and so we've been talking about the book of Job this month, and I think last week we really got into this question that the book of Job, or this statement, rather, that the book of Job is well worth studying. We need to study it and look at it because it is mysterious, and it doesn't, it gives roundabout answers to why bad things happen to good people and in fact maybe no answer to that question and just present suffering and then who god is and and is god just is he good it's all wrapped in to this narrative of the book of job so that's what we're going to talk about announcement time um we got new of course if you're new you wouldn't know that they were brand new cards but we have new visitor cards on the table aren't they pretty they have like the new sunday school logo on them so if you are new you could fill one of those out and bring it to the table as you leave and we'll give you a, a cd it's got some worship music from the mill on friday nights and of course uh the mill is our college and 20 somethings ministry on friday night and we it's an actual service we do worship and a sermon there whereas the mill sunday school like what you're about to experience today is just more of a teaching we'll do some discussion and um 
Yeah, and so it goes. Any other announcements? I don't, I don't, have, I don't think I have anything. Um, let's, let's, let's chat for a minute. Um, so at your tables, and if you're at a, a small table, you could join uh, some more people because it's good to talk with, uh, uh, I think, a group of people because I want you to um, agree or disagree with, with this statement that I'm about to put up and, and come to a decision as a, as a table, and hopefully we'll get various opinions on this question. Some tables will agree, some tables will disagree for various reasons, and then, and then, um, and then we could talk about it on the mic so everyone can hear, and that will be Fun. So maybe pick a spokesman from your table, and we'll have like maybe a couple people share at the end of the discussion. But here's what you need to either agree with or disagree with. If you do good, God will bless you. Do you agree with that or you disagree with that? A.K.A. another way to say it: you reap what you sow. So hopefully we'll get, and you have to pick a side. You have to either agree or disagree. You're not allowed to pick middle ground. That's too easy. Make sense? All right, so ready, get set, get into groups, agree or disagree with you reap what you sow. Ready, set, go. How many of uh, the tables agreed with uh, if you do good, God will bless you, a.k.a. you reap what you sow? Sweet. How many tables disagreed? How many tables didn't decide? <laughs> Sweet. All right, let's, um, let's, uh, there's some people with some mics. Uh, there's one. Get the attention of some mics. If, uh, let's go with, if you, you agree with, you reap what you sow. I think there was some people over here that, uh, lots of people over there that agreed. Yes, give the mic to the, the dude in the back. He's way back there. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to him. So you agreed with, if you do good, God will bless you. And then we'll, then we'll hear the other side and have like a debate slash wrestling contest. Just kidding. Yes. All right. Um, we were th- we were talking. Can you hear me? I can yeah, hear okay. you. It's coming uh, out we, here. We were talking about this, and we agreed that there was not um, there's not an even exchange or a calculation of what you do goes to what blessings you have, but instead, um, I, I feel that God blesses us. Um, in accordance to what would be a blessing to us. I mean, you can see people that are worthless, you know, inside. They're, they're, they're not good people. They're just manipulative and evil, and they've got everything that they could ever want. You know, they've mm-hmm. got houses, cars, money. But if you talk to these people, I mean, I, I don't know how often it, it happens, but when you talk to them, you find that they don't really have any blessings in their life. They've got all this emptiness. Huh, and that's good. <clears throat> I would say that in that case, they didn't do much good, but instead they wasted their time with their actions. And so now they've got all this excess waste in their lives that, that could have been blessings, but yeah. instead was a Lamborghini and lots of friends that don't even like them. Yeah. You know? So whereas Mother Teresa had nothing, you know. Yeah, but she you had don't fulfillment see, maybe. Yeah, I mean, she spent her entire life serving the Lord and died with a smile on her face. So yeah. I think she was really blessed, and she was a very good human being. Yeah, that's sure. good. So you, so basically he said, um, there's no equation, but maybe you'll get fulfillment if you do good. Maybe not a Lamborghini, but maybe a BMW. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, the other side. You disagree with, if you do good, the Lord will bless you. Yeah, up here. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, the two statements are actually not exactly the same thing. Yeah. You, you reap what you'll sow. I do agree with that, 
But I don't think that if you do good, God will bless you because it's not based on our actions. Um, our salvation is not based on our actions. Our blessings are not based on our actions. The Bible is full of God's promises for us to be yeah. blessed and to be prosperous. But, I mean, and the Bible also says that the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, yeah, as does. my sister said. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I think the two things are almost different in a lot of ways. You know, okay, not, yeah. So. So it's, not also, it's not the exact same. You reap what you sow. If you do good, God will bless you. Um, yeah, they are different. Right. Yeah. Noah, did you have the mic to this guy? on yeah check, check. okay uh we think at this table right here that it depends on your perspective <clears throat> okay are you looking at a temporal focus where we are promised good as well as bad things we're promised we'll suffer yeah on this earth we think eternally though as long as we're in obedience <clears throat> that good things rewards in the life to come in the life to come yeah will follow oh, that's good. um and my friend Chris here has a Bible verse, and I will defer to him if he wants to give us Dude, a Bible read verse. read it. But what is it? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Second Corinthians tw- uh, 12, Paul's thorn in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. He ultimately concludes that he has a thorn in the flesh, and he's pleading this terrible thing. Yeah. But he ultimately just decides that uh, he rejoices in his suffering. So. Yeah. So perspective. Yeah, rejoice in suffering. Or Job, the passage that I read today, he worships in his suffering. Anybody else? Yes, and then and then we'll then we'll move on. Uh, so we agreed with the statement, but we also found the distinction between the two. Yeah, and like a lot of people will translate, "You reap what you sow," is you get what you deserve. Yeah, and we definitely don't get what we deserve. Hmm. Um, but reaping what you sow, or like let's say the two statements are the same, um, we believe that blessing comes in the form of what is divine rather than what is earthly. So yeah. Like, we kind of had the example of a relationship where you could go through a trial or an argument in a relationship, but the character and the trust that you build in working that out is more of a blessing than not having the argument in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of more of like the blessing comes in character or heart yeah. transformation, etc., rather than if you give money to the church, you're assured to get money back. Yeah. So maybe instead you get more riches in heaven. I don't know. Yeah, like that. that's good. I'm reminded of like Romans, is it 5.2 that says your suffering produces uh, a perseverance, perseverance, is it character? You get character from suffering and that character is a good thing from suffering. And so um, so various groups agreed or disagreed. If you agreed, so you, you agreed to you reap what you sow or the other statement, which was if you do live a good life, God will bless you. If you agree to that, you, maybe you would use a passage like Deuteronomy 28 and you could flip to that because the whole chapter is this this interesting like almost equation. And it starts off with Deuteronomy 28.1 says, if you fully obey the Lord and are careful to follow his commandments I give today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. All the blessings will come to you, accompanying you, accompanying you if you obey the Lord your God. And then it lists all the ways he'll bless you. He'll bless you in the, in the city. He'll bless your womb. He'll bless your crops. He'll bless your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. The Lord will bless you when you come and when you go. He, he will defeat your enemies. You will receive blessings and your barns will open up and you have all this stuff. And, um, 
It's all based upon if you obey his commandments. And then Deuteronomy uh, 28, same chapter, verse 15 is the other half. And it says, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and follow him carefully. And then it says, you'll be cursed in the city. You will be, your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. Your womb will be cursed. Your crops will be cursed. Your calves will be cursed You'll be given a wasting disease and everything, but your enemies will overtake you. And this is if you do not obey the Lord. And this is in the Bible. And so this is an equation. And so if you, if you agreed with the statement, Deuteronomy 28 could be a passage you could use to say, yeah, we do reap what we sow. Um, if we obey the Lord, we, do, we receive blessings. If we do not obey him, we receive cursings. And, they, and then Deuteronomy 28, it is temporal. It is actual things. You will bless your, your, your wealth and you will get stuff if you obey him. If you don't, you'll be given diseases and etc. etc. Also, if you agreed with the statement, you might just go along with what the American evangelical, uh, the teachings of the church. And we hear this a lot, that, you know, you give your life to Christ and y- your life will be better. And, and maybe you'll, you are specific, maybe you're not. Maybe it's like believe in Jesus, he, maybe he's going to heal you. Maybe it's believe in Jesus, you'll be blessed. And probably lots of us has, have maybe experienced that in our life. I know I have that when, before I was a follower of Christ, and I, I say I made a decision to follow Christ, after that my life got better in lots of different ways. How many of you would agree with that? Say in your own life, you've experienced that, that that on becoming a Christian, your life got better. And so we hear that a lot. We hear it from the pulpit. We do see it in the Bible too, that you will be blessed if you follow Christ. If you follow God and obey him, you'll, you'll be blessed. And it could be temporal things. It could be eternal things, but that's that's something you could use to say, yeah, we do reap what we sow. If we, if we sow good things, we will reap good things. If we sow bad things, bad things will come to us. We'll go to jail. We'll lose something. We'll get in trouble, etc. Um, you could also, I know you like big words, and this is a big word, retribution theology. Everybody want to say that? One, two, three. Retribution theology. Yeah, and it's, it's, what it means is you get what you deserve. And, and Job's friends are true retribution theologians. They are like, Job, all this suffering has come to you because you must have done something wrong. You must have messed up. You must have not taken care of the poor. You must have done something wrong because you get exactly what you're supposed to. If you do bad things, bad things will come to you. If you do good things, good things, blessings will come to you. That's, that's a true retribution theology. And so someone like the Job's friends are like, there's no exceptions. There, there's an equation. It's set up perfectly. There's no exceptions. If something bad happened to you, you must have been doing something wrong. And finally, an exaggeration of totally agreeing with you reap what you sow, or if you do good, God will bless you. Um, this could potentially be heretical. Um, I, don't, I don't usually like to throw around the H word, heresy, a lot. But um, it's either on the verge of heresy, or it's just plain heresy, or it's very much heresy, depending on, um, I guess, individual takes on it. But it's something called the prosperity gospel. Do you know what that is? It's the gospel means good news. And so it's the good news of if you follow Jesus and do right, then you will prosper. You will prosper in your health and wealth, etc., etc. And so <clears throat> there's lots of prosperity gospel uh, preachers. They're all kind of like TV evangelists. They're really cool people like Kenneth Copeland, like Creflo Dollar. I think it's so cool that his last name is Dollar. 
Don't you think so? It's like, so if you're going to be a prosperity gospel guy, like your last name's Dollar, it's like, dude, that's sweet. Perfect. Uh, Benny Hinn probably falls into this category. T.D. Jakes, uh, uh, Eddie Long, maybe even Joel Olstein, to some extent that he preaches that uh, if you do good, God, God will bless you. And so sometimes it's, it's, it, it's extreme. Like uh, Creflo Dollar, uh, he, he teaches that, that you know, blessings will come to you if you, if you give. And so you, if you give $100, God will give you tenfold back. You'll get $100. If you give a dollar, you get $10 back from God in some roundabout way. And he's doing just fine. He's got a jet. He has, he's got a $3 million house. He drives a Bentley. He's, 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 he's doing just fine. But my favorite... And I say favorite, meaning like I don't agree with the prosperity gospel, but my favorite as far as to watch is this guy. And that's why we lowered the blinds, because we're about to see a video. This guy is uh, Leroy Thompson, and he's, he's really fun to watch, and you'll enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> but I'll show you this video. It's a video of him saying, he does this like, money cometh to me now thing, like has the seminars. And so you, if you want to learn the hand motions, if you could do this along with me so that you could do it when you watch the movie. Uh, it's money cometh to me now. And if you, if you do that, then, then you'll get rich. And, and so maybe that's why I'm not rich. I don't do that very often. But, uh, and, then, and then he's on a stage, and, and people like, come running up and throw money on the stage, which if you want to do that, that's perfectly fine. I just get to keep it later. And then he step, he's going to step on it, and then it blesses the money so that you can get money back. It's a sweet deal. So, uh, and hopefully you know I'm joking. So, with, with, with further ado. Hallelujah. This is your week. This is it. It's over. This is it. I declare, I decree, this is it. Wasn't that sweet? I don't know if that's funny or disturbing, or I don't know what that was. Uh, maybe both. But um, so that would obviously be a very exaggerated view of if you give, you're going to get. If you do the right things, God is going to bless you specifically with money. And 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 so that that's a, that's a that's obviously a big exaggeration, and thanks for bearing through watching that. Hopefully you thought it was funny, too. You're not offended, totally. But, um, uh, okay, so the other side was, if you disagree, if you disagree with the statement, you reap what you sow. You could, maybe in your groups, you talked about the suffering of Jesus, God himself, our very Lord. And you could say, oh, he died for our sins. And you say, yeah, he did die for our sins. He took it upon himself, correct. But, but not just his death but also Jesus' suffering. And also, 
Jesus didn't drive a Bentley. Jesus uh, was very poor. He came from a very poor town, and he himself was very poor. And so if it really is true that if you do good, God will bless you, you're like, dude, Jesus was pretty good, a.k.a. perfect, and he didn't get a Bentley. So maybe it doesn't work out that way. Um, and J- Jesus suffered, and he died, and his friends betrayed him. And, and one of his own friends, Lazarus, died. He experienced suffering, and he cried, and he, he, didn't, he had bad days, a very bad day on the cross. He suffered. And so you could talk about, well, Jesus was perfect, and yet he suffered. Or you could talk about what Jesus said. This is uh, one of Aaron Stern's favorite scriptures. Um, I say it jokingly because um, the scripture is, In this life you will have trouble. And Aaron Stern spoke about that a couple months ago, this, this scripture. And he's, like, because so often we get into this thought that, oh, if we're good and we're Christians, then life is going to be perfect. But Aaron, was, Aaron Stern on a Friday night was reminding us of, well, we're going to experience trouble. Life is real. And, and in life you, you experience trouble. And he talked about like how Christian bookstores always have you know, beautiful plaques with like the uplifting verses. And he, he joked about how he wishes some grandma would knit him or uh, somebody would paint him a plaque that said, in this life you will have trouble. And then one of you, we don't know who, someone just left it by the door, painted this for Aaron Stern. And it it's usually hangs up above his wall, but I took it off to show you because it's so beautiful. Uh, you will have trouble. Jesus. <laughs> and that's a nice little thing to hang up on your wall. And so that, that's just, the, that's, it's a part of life. It's a part of pain and suffering. It's a part of the fall and the imperfections of this world. We will have trouble. In fact, um, I talk, to talk about the suffering of believers, if we, the, the disciples, Paul, Peter, the early church, it had to die, be persecuted for their uh, beliefs. And so it's like, well, you know, the whole, you know, all the disciples... were suffered, suffered, were tortured, persecuted for believing in Jesus. They, and so they didn't drive Bentleys and have $3 million houses and jets like, but they, I mean, I think Paul did pretty good in life. And, and, and so it doesn't work out that way. It's not an equation. And maybe the best example to, you, you don't reap what you sow, at least not all the time, of course, is the book of Job, the book that we are studying today. And, and so it, it gets into this question of why do the good suffer? What What is this all about? The book of Job, there he is in, in this painting, suffering. His wife is, is pointing at him and saying, curse God and die. Uh, his three friends are there. And last week we talked about how uh, I brought up the, the verse Job 2.3, which says, um, it's this conversation between God and Satan. And God says, Satan, you incited me, me God, to ruin Job without any reason. And it was kind of mind-blowing for many of you. I mean, I remember the first time really getting my mind around that, that verse. It was like, wait, God is the one who did cause Job trouble? And why did he do it? For no reason? Like, that just messed with my head. And I, I'm sure it messed with a lot of your heads because throughout the week, I counted 10 people that, that and then after Sunday school, came forward and were like, hey, did God really do it? I mean, I thought Satan did it. Um, did, did God just allow it? And we have this saying, you know, that, oh, something bad happened. God allowed it. God didn't do it because God wouldn't cause us to suffer. And, and yet we see so clearly in the book of Job that God is the one to do it. And even though Satan is the one to actually, you know, pour the blessings, excuse me, the curses on Job, um, 
it's, it's, it's almost like this analogy, and maybe it'll help, maybe it'll just confuse you, but um, imagine if you're like a mean uh, dog owner, and you have like a raging pit bull on a leash, and so you have like all power over this pit bull because you've trained it, and you, he's on a leash, and then you see some guy walking by, and you're like, dude, wouldn't it be sweet to release my pit bull on this guy? And so you do it, and the pit bull attacks this guy. It's like, and then you could say, well, I didn't do it. I just allowed it to happen. It was like, dude, you had all control you, you did more than just allowing it to happen. You probably need to go to jail or something because you, you, you did more than just allow it. Like, you did it. And so in the same way, God, you know, has all power. Satan is a creation of God's. And so he has all power. And, and by allowing it, it's, it seems to me that it's much more not just allowing it, but like he did it. In fact, even at the end of the book of Job, in the, in the narrative, Satan kind of disappears. He doesn't disappear. He's just not talked about. And in Job 42.11, you could look at that or write that down for later. And it says that the, the, his family came to him and comforted Job over all the trouble that the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the, the, when, you, when you see that, it's Yahweh. They comforted him because, because for all the trouble that Yahweh brought on him. And so who brought the trouble to Job? Gosh, it's, it's Yahweh. It's God. And it's, it's more than just, oh, he allowed it to happen. No, it says clearly in this verse that he brought it upon Job. And that's like, whoa, like so, who did it? God did it. He caused Job to suffer. And then, and then we talked about last week for no reason. And, and in that scripture, Job 2.3, at the beginning of the book, that, that conversation between God and Satan, that, that Satan incited God to, to do this for no reason. And, and the, we know that there's this cosmic kind of battle. Satan's like, oh, Job's not that good. And God is like, yes, he's a righteous man. And he's like, well, then allow him to suffer, and then he'll curse you. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll let that happen. But it's really for no reason. I mean, because God, doesn't God know everything? So it's not like he's He's, he's doing this wager, this gamble that he doesn't know he's going to win. He knows everything. And so it's, it really is for no reason. In fact, Job 9.17, you could look at that later. Job, Job is talking. We know from the end of the book that Job speaks what is right. He says um, that God would crush me in a storm and multiply my wounds for no reason. And it gets into this question, obviously. Maybe you're thinking, sitting there thinking like, whoa, I thought God was good. I thought God was just I don't understand why, you know, I like the verses about how he's going to bless us and how Jesus loves me and etc. Yes, we do love those verses. But then here's this book of Job where God is the one who causes the suffering and bringing the trouble. He is, God himself is the one doing that. And that's, I guess, just messed up. Like it's, it's messed up. And, and so next week, or I'm kind of going to leave you, I'm not going to get into that today. We're going to do some more review of the book of Job and what exactly is going on here. <clears throat> but next week we will talk about the problem of evil and uh, theodosy, this, this, uh, this justice of God. If God is good and he's just, then why would he cause suffering? And the problem of evil, how do we come to this problem that if God is all good and all powerful, then why would he allow or make bad things happen to good people? And so we'll, we'll talk more about that. But let's, let's review just a little bit more what we talked about last week. We said that in this book, there's all these different people talking. There's God, there's Job, there's Job's three friends, and there's, there's a final friend, Elihu. And, and so we, we, we talked about how we need to keep these things in mind, that God 
Trust his words. They are true. He knows everything. That the three friends, they say what's wrong. That uh, Job, he speaks the truth about God. And finally, Elihu, this last guy to talk, the youngest, he is not rebuked by God. And so what he says may have some truth to it. All right. How many of you like skits? Yes, me too. Let's do a skit in here, shall we? I have, I have a script, and, and it's like, it's basically the entire book of Job condensed into like a half page. So obviously, the book of Job is 42 chapters. And so we're just going to get at like, like one-liners to, to represent what, what these people are saying. But we need, um, we need some people to volunteer to do the readings. So I'll be the narrate, narrator. Sweet. We've got a mic. So I'll be the narrator. We'll pass this mic around when it's your line. But we need someone to volunteer to be Job. Who wants to be Job. Come on up. Uh, who wants to be uh, Eliphaz the Tamanite? Yes. Who wants to be Bildad the Shuhite? Yes. Come on up. And who wants to be uh, Zophar the Naamathite? Yes. No. No, you raised your hand for her. Get it. Why don't you get up here? It's just one. You just have to read one line. All right, who's Job? Actually, yeah. Uh, get up here. Uh, yeah, you get these. And then we need, who wants to be Elihu the Buzzite? Yes, come on up. Here's your things. Uh, you could either read it from here or I'll, we'll put it on the, the board. All right, so you're, okay, here's Job. We'll get the stool for Job. All right, here, put this chair like right there. All right, Job. Job, all right, you sit there. Elihu, you're on this side. The three friends here come right in front of the speaker here. Uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar. All right, right, right here. Eliphaz, who's Eliphaz? Eliphaz, Bildad, or you're Bildad. No, you're Zophar. Who are you? You're Bildad, you're Zophar. All right. Perfect. Okay, so. <clears throat> the conversation. Narrator, that's me. In a land far, far away, there was a conversation between Job and his friends after Job's life was brought to miserable suffering. My situation stinks. I wish I was never born. Oh, that's pretty good. Not bad. Job, you must have done something wrong. You're a rich dude. You didn't look after the poor or something. Repent and be restored. That's good. You could like, really point at him like, you're an idiot. I didn't do anything wrong. Job, you're talking like a stupid idiot. Just repent of the sin that brought you to this place of suffering. Okay, wait, I've wait, had wait, it. No, Job gets to respond. What? Oh, it's not in there? Oh, it goes straight. Oh, I must, that's my bad. Job, read, read what it says up there. Sorry, that's my bad. I really didn't do anything wrong. All right, so, sorry to interrupt. Okay. Okay, I've had it. Won't anyone convince Job of his sin? Job, you've sinned. Just repent, and then God will restore you. Trust me. That's good acting. All of you are idiots. I didn't do anything wrong. If only God would give me a day in court, I'd present my case and get justice. Lie He's the youngest guy. You have all talked for way too long. It's time for me, the youngest, to teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Job needs correction. You, friends, need correction. God's work is like the clouds. He reigns on the just and the unjust. 
Take a look around and observe the majesty of creation. I am the sovereign God who created all that. Thick. I plead no contest. I will never curse you, God. Narrator, that's me. Then Job's wealth is restored and he has some more kids. And so it goes. The end. Well done. Well done. Wait, you guys did awesome. Well, well done. Um, did you like the voice of God from the back? I don't know where that came from. Maybe the tech booth guys that are smiling. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the, the Job's friends, the three of them, are all like, so Job is suffering. He's like got boils on his skin and he's like scraping them with a piece of pottery. All ten kids just died and he loses all his wealth and the the three friends have the audacity to like point their fingers at job and say you must have done something wrong have you ever experienced something horrible and then had someone come up to you and say hey you know why that happened you know why your kids died or do you know why your mom died of cancer because you must have sinned i mean do you realize how messed up that is that the three friends that talked to Job for 42 chapters have just messed up things to say to Job because they are retribution theologians. They, they, they are totally in line with the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, that if you do good, God will bless you. If you do evil, God will curse you. And, and it's, it's, it's to a T. It's like there's no exceptions. And so I think in life, you know, going back to the thing, the, the, the question, the discussion question that all of you talked about, I think there's, there's room for saying, yes, you can totally agree with you reap what you sow, and you can totally disagree with what you reap what you sow, because in life, and, and we are all living right now, and in our life, there's, there's a certain amount of life experiences where uh, you, you get something good because you did something good. You, you blessed someone, and then maybe they told somebody else and then somebody else blessed you and and it comes back in in goodness because you were good good comes back to you and and you could see that in the bible but then there's other life circumstances where maybe you didn't do anything wrong and something horrible happens to you uh or something horrible like i think about like a death of a child or something and i told you i think last week or the week before that that um i just did a funeral for two baby uh, girls, twins that passed away. It's like, what did they do wrong, you know, to, to have to die and, and to be, you know, they, they were born and they lived for like 24 hours and then, and then passed away. It's like, what did they do? And so in life, there's, there's these circumstances that happen that have seemingly nothing to do with, with right or wrong. They just happen. And that's what we see in the book of Job. And, and maybe a key to understanding the book of Job is the third friend, Elihu the uh, Buzzite. And Elihu, this younger guy, he is not rebuked by God in the very end of this narrative, um, but rather uh, God doesn't say anything about him. So what he says may be, have truth to it. And he kind of just says, you know, the, the, you, everybody has the wrong situation here. And then he goes into this long narrative, almost prefacing that God is going to speak because uh, Elihu speaks up until chapter 37 and then God speaks chapter 38. So no one speaks in between Elihu and God himself. And Elihu really sets the stage for God to speak. He says, consider God. God is mysterious. He's, he's awesome. And then Elihu uses this analogy of clouds. 
and that, that this, this thing about clouds is that, you know, they, they cause it to rain or to snow uh, or to hail. They bring moisture to the earth. And of course, we need rain, right? For, any, for life to live, for crops to grow, rain has to happen. And so if there's been a time of, it hasn't been raining very much, um, and then it rains a lot, then farmers rejoice. If you have a, a big lawn and your grass is turning brown, you rejoice. We, oh, we need the rain. Yes, thank God that there's rain. But maybe your neighbor is, is right on next to a hill or a river or something, and the river overflows and, and takes out his house. It's the same storm, the same clouds that came that, that gave water to the earth for the plants. Is the same storm that, that causes disaster and destruction. And, and so Elihu gets into this idea that what God does is so mysterious, it's so miraculous that, that you know, even, I think even today, like, meteorologists at best are usually, like, half wrong. And he's like, man, if they can only be half wrong, they're a great meteorologist. Because like, you always hear about storms that are coming, it's like, oh, it's going to snow three feet. And the next morning you wake up, and like, school's canceled, you look out the window, and there's, like, a dusting. Like, what the heck, weatherman? Come on. Um, you would think like a Doppler radar or something would be a little better at predicting, but, but it's, it's, they still make lots of errors, and predicting weather for like you know, next week is just impossible. It would be silly to try to guess a week or two in advance of what weather is going to be like. There's no telling. It's unpredictable. And so Elihu uses this analogy of the clouds that, that God is so mysterious, that God is totally above our circumstances, and God alone is, is someone who can can do whatever he wants. If he brings the storm for his good pleasure or for destruction. It is God who does, and it's, it's mysterious, and we can't even begin to understand it. And so it's with that that, that I want to read this the passage. This is the words of Elihu. This is Job 37, if you want to turn there in your own Bibles. But we're going to close with this, and I'm going to read 5 through 14. This is, uh, once again, the words of Elihu, the youngest guy the fourth guy, to speak to Job. And he gets it somewhat right. He's not rebuked in the end. And he prefaces God's speaking in chapter 38. And, and we're just going to kind of end, and it, it may seem like we're ending Sunday school abruptly, like, dude, where's, you know, where's the ending? Where's the wrap-up here? And, and the book of Job, unfortunately, doesn't really have a good, fancy, sweet wrap-up that you can put on a plaque and hang in your house. There's a lot of messed up things that happen to Job and once again, it's for no reason. And who does it? God. And so that's just like, whoa, that kind of blows my mind as we think about like prosperity and, and how, you know, if we do good, maybe we should get good back. But it doesn't work out that way. And so next week, we will talk more about uh, the problem of evil and, and Theodosi, this, the justice of God. But let's close with this reading. So these are Elihu's words to Job. It says this, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. And by the way, that's the quote of the day on the back of the skillet. I thought that, that verse alone was, was pretty awesome. That God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He, he does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on the earth. And to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour. So that everything, everyone he has made may know his work. He stops all people from their labor. The animals take cover. They remain in their dens. The tempest comes out of its chamber, the cold from the, from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice, and the broad waters become frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. At his direction, they swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands. He brings the clouds to punish people 
or to water his earth and show his love. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Let's pray. God, we do, despite our not understanding, we still worship you. God, we still trust you, even though we, there's a lot of unanswered questions in the book of Job and in our own life circumstances. God, we do still trust you. We, we do know that you are a good God. We do know that you love us. God, help us continue to study this book, to think about it, to especially those that may be suffering now. And God, I pray that you might bring some peace and understanding. Speak to those of us, maybe even in here, that are undergoing something horrible or some suffering that is the worst they've ever experienced. God, would you bring peace? Would you um, speak like you spoke in the book of Job? God, we trust you. We love you. We worship you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We're getting out a little early. So meet some people you don't know. Drink the rest of the coffee. Have a good day. We'll see you next week. Peace out.